Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9. I think I'll substitute employer for employee. See how that goes down. I think that will go down better. You employers, treat your employees right, just as I've told you to treat them. Don't threaten them. Remember, you yourselves are employed by God. But you too have the same master. If your employees are believers, you have the same master. And then in verse 10, it says, Last of all, this is the last thing Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. The last thing I want to remind you is that your strength must come from the Lord's power within you. Mighty power within you. We should never forget the power that is available to us. But remember, we have to ask for it and use it. And then he gives us instructions. Put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand against the strategies and tricks of Satan. Listen to this next verse. We're not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies, evil rulers of the unseen world. I remember my Bible teacher said a long time ago, if your eyes could see what's really around you, you would be shocked. Because there are spirit beings all around us. And Satan is not flesh and blood. We fight against evil rulers in the unseen world. That's the world around us. Those mighty satanic beings and evil princes of darkness who rule the world against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. That's a scary thing. Unless you know that when you were born again, God placed a guardian angel over you and he stays with you to protect you. And we have an armor that we have to put on. We can't fight what we don't see. Who am I to fight evil, unseen spirits? I don't even know where they are or how to fight them. I don't even have the weapons, but I have the armor. And we need to look at the armor and be sure we have it all on. And then you can forget about Satan and the evil spirits. Once I learned this, I realized my emphasis has to be the armor. I don't want to spend my days thinking about Satan and demons and evil spirits. That's awful. I just want to be sure I'm equipped to be protected and then I can just live my life. Every piece of God's armor is to resist the enemy when he attacks. And when it's over, you'll be standing up. Now this tells us that he will attack. But if we have on the armor, it won't bother us. When it's all over, we'll still be standing there. So let's check out the armor. And then you can check out yourself and see if you have it on. And if you have on the armor, forget about those spirits all around you. 
Forget about what Satan's doing. Don't give him the time of day. Sam used to say to people who said Satan was after him, he would say, give me your address, your uh, autograph. Because Satan is one being in one place. He's not omnipotent or omnipresent. So you must be pretty important if he's spending his time after you. So what is the armor? Uh, the first thing is the belt of truth. The King James says, gird your loins with truth. That's not a capital T. That's a little t. You know what that means? Tell the truth. As we've already seen in Ephesians, stop lying. Don't be deceitful. Say what you mean and mean what you say. If you can't say what you mean and mean what you say, be quiet. There's nothing wrong with being quiet. So be truthful. And then have the breastplate of righteousness. Do you know what righteousness is? It's doing what's right. It's doing what God tells you to do. It's cut out your filthy language and your coarse jokes, your swearing and your lying and your deceitfulness. Cut it out. Do what's right. And when you do what's right, then you don't have to hide what you're doing. I used to tell lies to get out of doing what I didn't want to do. Or for some reason. And I found it was too hard to remember the lie. Because you got to tell the same lie to everybody or you'll get caught. And I discovered it's better just to tell the truth. So you put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then shod your feet with to preach the gospel of peace. Have your feet shod with the good news of the gospel of peace. Once again, that means just be a peacemaker. And then you have to have a shield. In every battle, you need a shield. And your shield is faith. How big is your shield? The shield goes before you, and the fiery darts hit it, and you are free from them hitting you. So we need to exercise our faith every day. Faith grows with exercise, just the same as a muscle. And you have to decide, you're going to put your faith in what the Word says, not how you feel, or what you hear somebody else say, but what God says. And your shield will stop the fiery darts aimed at you. And then you have to have the helmet of salvation. What's the helmet cover? It covers your brain. Your brain is where you think. And you need to know the three tenses of salvation Salvation has a past tense. It's from the verb to be saved. To be saved has three tenses. The past tense, the present tense, and the future tense. The past tense of salvation means 
that you are saved from the penalty of sin. Think about that. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. You don't have to pay for it. Jesus paid for it. Now, once again, that's not license to go out and do what you want to. Because when you go out and do what you want to, there are consequences. God doesn't condemn you. God doesn't punish you. But you have to live with bad behavior. And sometimes that can be very unpleasant. But you're saved from the penalty of sin. That's the past tense. The present tense. You're saved from the power of sin. And that's why he, he says, use the mighty power of God in your life. You see, before I was born again, I couldn't help but sin. I didn't have a power to keep me from it. But now I don't have to. So I'm saved from the power of sin in my life. And I have to learn to turn from the temptation that faces me and do what's right. And the future tense is that you'll be saved from the presence of sin. Can you imagine? No more sin. None. When you get to heaven, there is no sin. And that's one reason that I can't be sorry my husband is there. Sin is not fun. And it's not pleasant to live with. It's not pleasant to live with yourself when you sin. It's not pleasant to live with others when they sin. If you want to live a pleasant, peaceful, powerful life, then turn from your sin in time and look forward to your future. When a believer dies, it should be joyful. But once they leave, it's pretty hard. But if you think about where they are, you have to be thankful. And then you need the sword of the Spirit. Every warrior has a sword. And this sword is two-edged, the word sword. It has a sharp point. You can use it when you swing it to the left, when you swing it to the right, or when you thrust it forward. It's a two-edged sword, and it's the Word of God. You need to learn to use it. It's beneficial. Use it. And then the last thing is you pray all the time. All the time you pray. We've already done a study on prayer. And we studied where he said, pray without ceasing. That means don't stop. And I've told you before, and I will repeat myself, I don't say amen. And I don't have a quiet time. I'm not opposed to them, but I just never have had one. But I've learned to read the Bible and memorize scripture and think about it. And I just pray all the time. I pray for what I'm doing. I pray when I'm driving. I pray for the drivers around me. I pray for my friends and my family. And then it tells us that we're to pray for everybody. 
went to pray for all the saints everywhere. And then it says in this verse, plead with God, reminding him of your needs, and pray earnestly for everybody, all believers. And then Paul said, pray for me, and ask God to give me the right words as I boldly tell others about the Lord, and as I explain to them that his salvation is for Gentiles as well as Jews. We should pray for each other. I don't even know who you are listening, but I pray for those listening. All the time I pray for all of you as you jog or run or whatever you're doing. I pray for you to be safe, for God to open your ears and eyes to hear and understand. And then Paul says, I'm in chains for preaching this message. Pray that I'll keep on doing it. He doesn't say, get me out of here. He says, use me here. I remember some missionaries that used to write and say, pray God will get me out of here. This is a dangerous place. We need to get out of here. And then one day the missionary changed, and he wrote, and he said, pray I'll get in here what God has for me. And when she changed her prayer, Lord, teach me what I need to learn in this situation. God got her out. And that's the attitude we must have. And then as he ends this, he mentions Tychus, who is a loved brother and faithful helper. He'll tell you all about how I'm getting along. I'm sending him to you just this purpose, to let you know we're to be encouraged and then he closes with a prayer, and I pray this for you. I ask you to pray this for me. May God give peace to you and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God's grace and blessing be upon all who sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ. He signs it, Sincerely Paul. I thank you again for listening. I pray that you've been encouraged and that you've learned truth and that you'll make a choice to put it into practice in your life and be a wisdom, shining light in a dark world. God bless you.